Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Didn't they fuck up there, right? Um, <laughs> no, we're looking from my end of the swamp. <laughs> welcome, everybody. This is quite weird, not doing this live, but welcome to the Bears Corner in broad daylight, like it used to be recorded sensibly and all that stuff before we went live and caused carnage. Um, <laughs> remember that, Baz? Remember the days? I do, mate. It was like seven were apprenticeship, wasn't it? Like doing everything properly and all that. Sitting with cups of tea and being all polite and trying to go on this professional, professional journey that we've been on. So it's like come back to our roots, which is is always good. We uh, remember yeah. it all started. I had to come up here and start blowing up the cobwebs and all that. <laughs> dust, there was dust blowing everything. It was like something that I film. You know what I mean? All this <laughs> dust and stuff and pulling sheets off things and all that. But I go there. 
we go there. It was it was it was professional and all that, and then Paul joined. <laughs> I, do you know I, exactly that's when I started getting you know. Do you know what? See when I was signing up, I found that I didn't even know I had this, right? I've got a signed book at Borma Barisic. I didn't even know go. I had that. So <laughs> too many signed books in that memorabilia. Judging by the picture, you think you've licked the signature off. <laughs> a wee bit, a wee bit. I, I, Borna's still on it though. It's, it's, oh, okay. His name's now Borna Barry. Joining me this afternoon is, of course, Paul at Seas. Let me see if we can still do this right. How is it today? That way, that way. Hello. <laughs> it's been that long since we've done this. <laughs> I told you, I told you we should have rehearsed this. I know, I know, I know. It's shocking. Um, how are we, Paul at Seas? I'm all right, thanks. I am. Yeah, getting by, I suppose. Yeah, it's just, I say we done one from here the, uh, the other day for the uh, the European gig, uh, and that's a little bit weird. And it's still a little bit weird doing it again. Um, mm-hmm. I think I much prefer doing it in the studio. If I'm being brutally honest. Yep, me too. I know. After all the moaning you did about the studio as well, before we <laughs> before we went into the studio, the amount of moaning that you did about it. But I'm glad that <laughs> mate, it's just the traffic. It's just traffic. Well, it's traffic. If it makes you feel any better, you can just go to the kitchen and complain about the journey. I do that every morning. My commute's hell. <laughs> Aye, for the bedroom in the fucking kitchen. Aye, right, kettle on. Oh, I've, I've got RSI on the kettle on. <laughs> Have any of you seen The Ring? That horror film, The Ring? No. No, mate. As you've seen it. The, the last of Crown Telly and all that. Sam is betting the back of his... Could call them there, Ben Paul. Oh, aye, the telly then, aye. Oh, I yeah, just this, this, this is the man. Just watch yourself. Just, just be careful, Paul. What I'm saying. Well, uh, well, yeah, I can see it the screen there, so I'll, uh, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that. But yeah, you just see the ghost of a cursed Japanese lassie crawl at the telly. Don't panic, right? <laughs> don't panic. Stay professional. So what? 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 what, what so, I mean, I don't think I don't think you'll be that lucky, mate. We're not that lucky. That that's <laughs> We're the cheeky bastards. Oh, I know. Think of the ratings that we get. Think of the hits that we get. We're not that lucky. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to piss on you, Bowski. <laughs> that was a bit too close for comfort. Oh, steady. <laughs> Before the watershed. <laughs> and I'm sure you've heard these dulcet tones there, but Simi is back in all, which we're delighted about, mate. Delighted about. Legend. I thought he was going to bring the books up there again, Paul. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> he's, 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 he's now going, shit, I missed a trick there. I'm slipping. <laughs> I can see them for here, but then he's that cool. And back after a wee sabbatical. Ah, Baz Bowski. Mate, it's wonderful to have you back. Thanks very much. It's always good that it's good to be here. I had some time after. Uh, we renegotiated our contract and all that. Now that the, the viewing numbers are going up, I'm like, no, nah, we need to, we need to uh, renegotiate. So I good to be back, mate. It's good to be back on. But see, before I start, mate, Murray, just to do a wee quick out of the shoutage variety. Go for it. A wee while back, I'm sure you all knew. Uh, I'm sure you all knew. I'm sure you all know that uh, Jamesy and his dad, uh, Deke and Heather, completed 100 and sorry, they completed 55 laps. The Ibrox for obviously the 55 titles. So we were there. Uh, Cheered the morning's final laps. Uh, Met Deke Heather and uh, Jim Allen was there as well. It was good to see the guys and cheer James Yon as he, as he completed the, the, you know, the 55 laps. Raised over £11,000 for the Rangers Charity Foundation, which is a tremendous uh, figure. 
But his challenges don't stop, and he's now looking to do something for the 150th birthday or anniversary, or whatever you want to call it. So I was speaking to Dick, and he was, he was sort of, he's looking for ideas. So what could Jamesy do for the 150th Rangers anniversary? Is it an anniversary or a birthday? I don't know what it is. But uh, they're looking for a challenge. I don't think they fancy again doing Ibrox 150 things. But if anybody's got any idea of what they could do to help raise money for the Rangers Charity Foundation, uh, give uh, Deke a wee shout on Twitter. It's at Deke Johnson 1. That's D-E-K-E-J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N. One, give me a wee shout if you've got any suggestions, and uh, let them know what you think. I've got a suggestion. You could eat a hundred and fifty Scotch bonnets. <sighs> That's a bit mental. That <laughs> only if you do it too, Simmy. No, Hi. I'm not. Done. If we're going to make suggestions, we have to do it. I'll say drink 150 beers. I would, I would, have, I would have more chance to eat a half fifty Scottish bonnets than you would have to drink a half fifty beers. <laughs> over, over, <laughs> not be at once, over a set period of time, say a week. What? Fucking ten years? Fucking stomach pump, man. Not pints. Not pints. We stubby bottles. Yeah. Well, if, if anybody does have any suggestions, you can, as Buzz says, get in touch with Deke or even get in touch with the pod and we'll pass it on to Deke. Um, six and a half dozen, whatever's easiest. Uh, and and hopefully we can help Jamesy raise even more money because we were all done there that day when Jamesy was doing his final five laps the day we got the trophy. And it was emotional, by the way, wasn't it? It really was yeah, with the yeah. message and the tannoy and things like that. So um, Nico Cranchat was even there, wasn't he, Buzz? So... It was nice. To, <laughs> it was nice. It was nice. To Nico Cranchar was here. Is <laughs> you this man, Sammy? So we're doing there. So uh, James is completing his final five laps. So we're doing there. And here comes big, big Nicola Katic shows up. Right, he's getting his picture and all that. So we did the first lap, and then I think Jeeb and all that showed up at this point. And I was like, right, fucking Nico Cranchar's along there. What's he doing here? And, I, and then it took me away. I'm like, Oh, I, Nicola Cartage, that's it. I remember thought Nico Cranchard had just showed up to cheer James on in his, his final five laps. And Ricky Neal nearly blew his face off. I know, didn't he? Be that was aye, yeah. Yeah. Aye, this this massive big pile of technique. He's trying to twist it. It's going, there's no work. There's no work. <laughs> <laughs> Only, Only Ricky. Honestly, man. We're all sitting, hey, hey, boof. What the hell is Ricky? He's got streamers in his, I was going to say his hair, but he's not got any hair. So he's here. No. <laughs> Make himself some kind of like Batman villain. You know what I mean? Like the, the glockenspiel just firing like fireworks at people. <laughs> that was funny, man. That was funny. Uh, just before we get started, it's a wee shout out to G4 Claims and KGM Printing. Thank them for all their love and support towards the podcast and everything that they do to help us out. Um, we are delighted to have their backing and for them to be part of the pod. Um, right, Bronby, last night, must win. Real must win for the club, given how we've started with two defeats in the Europa League. Um, the Prague one hurt, I think, more than the Leon one. And although the Leon one was at home, Leon are a Champions League side, so we, we all said that at the time. So really, you can not accept the defeat, but you can understand where it's came from. Um, last night was a wee bit different 
and that we expected to win. We needed to win. And obviously we did win. No, no. And we never really got a second or third key, to be honest with you. Rangers started Alan McGregor in goal, James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, Leon Balligan, Bonabarisic, Joe Rebo, John Lundstrom, uh, Stephen Davis, Yanis Hadji, Alfredo Morelos and Kemar Roof. Paul, on our pod on Monday night, eh, no Monday night, sorry, Wednesday night, a preview pod, we kind of, well, Jeep it was, predicted that lineup. Um, how how they were going to set up in terms of formation was maybe what was in question, but the lineup Jeep got bang on, um, and I don't think any of us were surprised. I think we all kind of agreed with that as well. Yeah, we did, and that's that's sort of the team. That's the first thing I thought of. That's that's the team that we we said would actually happen on the Wednesday pod. Um, it was no real surprise. Um, I'm still. I, 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 I was a little bit unsure about whether Davis and Lindstrom could play together. They seemed to be rotating between who was going deep and who was going forward at times. And it worked. It worked quite well. But um, I did say to you, if, if they do play that formation and uh, Aribo comes through and plays that sort of number ten role that he does in Nigeria, he would be he would play really well. And he, he was outstanding in the first half. He was un, yeah. he was literally unplayable. He was really, really, really good. So the formation was as we called it, uh, and I'm pleased that it worked out the way it did because um, I think Kamara is a, a, a big loss because he really does control things and dictates play in the centre there. Um, but I think we coped relatively well with the with the setup Jenna put out. Yeah, definitely. Baz, just a wee thought though on Stephen Davis, right? Nobody criticises Stephen Davis because he's been a tremendous servant to the club. Last season he was exceptional. However, I don't know if he's one of these players at his age now he has to play every week to keep that consistency level going. I thought it took him a wee bit last night to find his feet again, um, given it was a European match. Obviously, stakes are raised again. It's, it's a higher tempo, etc. Do uh, you think Davis is suffering for that a wee bit? I'm not saying he played bad last night. I don't think he did, but I just think it took him a wee while to get going. That may be. I just, I, I think the whole team just took a wee bit to get going this season, though, so... I, I don't know if it's fair to maybe point the, the finger at Davis, but maybe you're right in the sense that maybe he's the sort of player that needs to be playing. However, I think maybe last year we didn't really have an option, whereas now, now we seem to have an option where we can rotate him in and out the squad when, uh, as as and when required. Obviously, we launched him the new addition to the team. Ryan Jack is going to be fit just shortly. I know he plays a slightly different role. He's more uh, suited to rotate with somebody like uh, Glenn Kamara. But as Paul was saying there, it wasn't, I, had, I had my reservations about Davis and Lundstrom on the pitch at the same time. And I actually made a point of watching Lundstrom you know, keeping an eye on him. Um, I feel now that he's he's picked up the system. He's contributing a lot more. He's, his passing accuracy is, is through the roof. And he's he's not just looking for the easy pass anymore. When he first came into the team, it was always back the way up to the side. He's looking to penetrate and he's looking to get involved. And I know Aribo kind of was kind of outstanding at certain certain points of the game, but also Fort Lundstrom made a really good contribution, uh, yeah. certainly in the midfield. Mm. I, that's got absolutely nothing to do with Davis and the question you asked. I just thought I'd take it away. It's all right, mate. That's what, that's what we want. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, Sammy, we've spoken with Lundstrom on the pod when you've been on a few times, obviously, after the Malmo game that was the big inquest in, in terms of, say, of course, the goal, etc. that night. And, and we've spoken about him a few times. He's found his feet, mate, in recent weeks. Definitely found his confidence. And I think now the Rangers support are starting to trust him and trust the process with John Lundstrom and allow him now to bed into the team. Yeah, I think Davis had a good game. Uh, just to, to <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, with Lundstrom, man, it's, it's, it's a kind of thing. We mentioned it the, the last time we were talking. The Rangers fans, we all have a whipping boy. Um, we got to that kind of stage. We were so good last year, there was people criticising Hadji. Right. 
that's, that's how bad it was. People just need to have somebody to mono and, and we don't learn. Because there's always somebody at the start of every season that has a bit of a bad start. And it took Barris a full season before we saw how good he could be. And people are just too quick to write people off. And I know we've been bumped with guys like Barton and that before. They think they can come up here and walk it. I don't even know if that's been the case with Lundstrom. Maybe it's kind of a fitness thing. Maybe it's just he was trying to figure out the system. Maybe it was just knowing how to play him. But, I mean, it's only October. It's not as if we've got five years at the guy and he's starting to get some return on him. Yeah. He's took a couple of months to settle. Maybe that's a long time for a professional football player. But in the grand scheme of a season, it's not really that big a deal. Gerald's uh, persevered with him and rightfully so because he's, an, he's a solid player. Absolutely solid. The thing is as well is I don't think with Lundstrom, we've said this a million times, but I don't think it was coming up here like Barton, the Billy Big Boss thing and trying to no. think that, oh, I can do this and it'll come good. I think with Lundstrom, we could see a player. It just wasn't happening for whatever reason. The Lundstrom will know and Gerard will know and the team will know. But for us as fans, it's not that he's a bad player. It's just that he took his time to find his feet. And now you're seeing his quality. And and I'm delighted for him because he did take an unfair criticism at times he took. Um, and I'm delighted that, that the big guy's now shown his worth to the team. And by the way, will be an asset this season, big time. I think it's confidence, actually, because you think about the Dunfermline game. You had a great game and people have said, well, it's only Dunfermline. We've seen better players struggle against yeah. weaker teams. And I think with the Dunfermline game, the pressure was off him a wee bit, so it gave him a chance to play how he would like to play the game. Games yeah. like Malmo and that, maybe the pressure got to him. Maybe his confidence wasn't there. There's no help in the fact that fans are constantly on his back. But no, he's starting to find his feet. He's starting to feel settled. He's getting less slack if he's playing better. And it kind of goes... It's, yeah. a, it's a cyclical in that kind of sense, you know, but I'm happy I'm happy he's playing well. Uh, no, obviously, because well, I was a Rangers fan. You don't want Rangers players to play badly, although I think some fans do think that half the time, the way they're going. <laughs> it's just good because he, he's a sign that came in. A lot is um, had high hopes for him, and I, I'm happy with how he's playing, man, especially last night. It was great. Going in the advanced areas, uh, Alfredo Morelos starts up front after he's... Yeah, Missed a few chances at the weekend. Hasn't he been firing in all cylinders? Although Paul, as you said in the in the Wednesday pod, mate, he's he's hold up play, his link up play has been excellent. It's just the finishing that that's been lacking recently with Morelos. Uh, last night he missed a couple of chances again. Again, thought his all round play was not too bad, decent. Uh, I think this a hundred goal for Rangers thing is weighing on the mind. I know it's a mm. it's a monkey on his back. Or as somebody said last night at the football. He needs to get that duck off his back. So I think that's a mixture of breaking your duck and getting a monkey off your back. And I'm going, a duck off your back? That's not the same. That's not the same. Uh, so uh, he has to get that duck off his back quick. Um, <laughs> fucking mental, that. Um, but I think that's just what's made on his mind, Paul. Um, it's it's quacking him up. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, quacking up slightly, yeah. Um <laughs> I, I don't know. There's a, there could be a, could be a multitude of things. I mean, once again, it could be speculation around his future. It could be, could be a lot of things. I think last night was very possibly one of his poorest games actually in terms of his link-up play and stuff. Like his first touch was pretty woeful last night. A few times, I mean, he was given that he gave the ball away a few times and stuff. It was, it wasn't his best match. I think he's, I think he's struggling um, in confidence. He's. Uh, it, Nothing seems to be coming off for him. And the longer that kind of thing goes on, the less confidence you'll have to take shots on and stuff like that. He was, un- he was really unlucky with hitting the post. I'll give him that. Uh, that was a very well-taken uh, chance. And it just scudded off the post. It's, it's, it's a kind of weird one. I think 
I think maybe once he gets that hundredth goal, that, that, that the duck will be off his back, as you say, and uh, he, he should. He'll have quacked progress. it, but then me. Yeah, there. exactly. But um, bum. I need to stop flatten. Sorry, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> sorry. Hopefully, hopefully by that point, he'll end, he'll end, I think I think he just needs to score goals. Doesn't matter if it's hundredth, hundred and first, hundred and second, hundred and tenth. Doesn't matter. He's, he's a player that seems to thrive on scoring goals, and uh, that's what we're looking for. That's what I want to see. I won't do the knees. I won't do the knee slide. Don't worry. <laughs> no, don't. I'll end up needing phone an ambulance, mate. Um, <laughs> he's probably putting he's probably, he's probably putting too much pressure on himself for this hundred hundred goal thing. But see the difference between last night and the previous game. He, he missed settles the last game. It, it wasn't like missing settles last day last night. He was. Aye. That their their goalkeeper made some decent saves as well. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I mean like, made a couple of decent saves, and he was unlucky hitting that post to get the shot out of nowhere. So, I mean, the, the shots Alfredo Morelos was taking was the correct shots, and he was just unlucky. And as I say, their their goalkeeper made some pretty decent saves. So on another day, he might have got them. But the hundredth goal will come, and uh, hopefully it's this weekend. So I mean, he'll get his ducks in a row, mate, and then that'll be him. He'll be sorted. He'll just be <laughs> that'll be him. See you later. Exactly. I'm not convinced. I'm, I'm not 100 percent convinced. Is this hundred goal thing uh, that's um, feeding the duck on his monkey, whatever the fuck it is? Because <laughs> feeding the duck on his monkey. Morelos. Morelos goes through these phases. Morelos oh, goes through these phases. And before it's like he's not interested or he's overweight. And it's a hundred goal. We always keep making excuses for him. Well, there's obviously he has a wee bad patch here and there. Fine. <laughs> Yeah, but we always when it comes to Morelos, we always overanalyze what it could be because I don't know why it is for him. Right. Mate, always... the one that I hate is always the weight thing. Alfredo Morelos doesn't look any different to me now than what he did when Gerard first walked in the door or last season or whatever. In terms of his physical shape, I think he looks the same as he always did. He always has that stocky build, but see, take that away from him. Look at when he first came to the club, he wasn't he built like that. He's 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 worked on that side, you know what I mean? His game. He knew that. It's, it's the Glasgow diet, mate. It's the Glasgow diet. <laughs> it's a piece um, of crunch. street food and all that, you know what I mean? Oh, but God. He's, <laughs> he's Don't get Did you see him getting into your out? Did you see him getting tilted poly shorts, too? Because you rolled him up like a pair of trunks. The referee's like, I'll put your fucking shorts down like you daft ass. What are you doing? Because he's going to be shown. Oh, it's, 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 it's the new range, the Castor Speedo. Do you know, Barella, I should have said at that point, well, like this, you need even... a squad number to know who I'm a, right? <laughs> You'll know who I'm a. You'll know who I'm a. Look, <laughs> look at my highlights. You won't look mistake me to anybody else. Look at my highlights. Dazzle, dazzle with my highlights. I did notice you get highlights in his hair. It took his 18 minutes. That's what it'll be. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's what it'll oh, be. You know? That'll be the next one. That'll be the next one. He's got highlights in his hair. That's that's, that's that's putting the Matthews game. Aye, aye. Yeah, he's lost. He's lost. Taking away the source of all his powers. <laughs> uh, what was what was good to see was eighteen minutes it took us to get the breakthrough. James Tavernier with an assist, a great delivery into the box for the corner after being pelted with missiles from our Danish friends. Um, fires the ball right in the middle, and Leon Balogun's there with a bullet header into the back of the net, which a goalie can't keep out. Um, Tav with an assist is always welcome because I don't think we've seen enough of them this year going by his standards. Maybe a victim of his own success, I suppose. Um, but it was good to see him get a ball in the box. And I thought, not going too far in advance, but I thought second half, 
Tav came into his own a wee bit, and it was a wee bit more like the James Tavernier that we're used to and that we love. Um, he was starting to get on the ball and dictate things a wee bit more, uh, which was obviously pleasing to see for, for Rangers' point of view. But what a goal, Simi. What a header by Leon Balogun. He's got that in his locker, man. He really does. He's a, he's, he's a great... I thought Leon Balogun was excellent again last night, and I think he has been excellent for Rangers the last few weeks. Yeah, I don't think he's had a, a bad season at all. I mean, I can think of Europa's start. We won the Rokia to assure him. Celtic game comes, well, we can, <laughs> we've had a panic attack with his name with the team sheet. Uh, absolute man in the match. <laughs> and, uh, since then, honest, I don't really think he's uh, done much wrong. No, no. We, we, no, keep, we, keep, we keep talking about surprises playing well, but he's been playing consistently well for a while now. <laughs> We're just waiting on that downfall, mate, to, get, to then make him the fucking fall guy again. That's all it is. Uh, two people are dying for us. Cho- they're just sitting the there choking for it. <laughs> Potsies, you would have had a good view of that goal, mate, considering where you sit, uh, Ibrooks. What was it like for you? Obviously, we were behind it, so it's in the Copeland, so it's a wee bit we were different. Yeah. Come to your angle, would it look good? Yes, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of looked down the top end of the, the D at the on, on the 18-yard line, so I, I'm sort of, sort of right in line with that, and it was a hell of a header. It was a hell of a, a, hell of a corner in. Considering what Tab was doing before, and I don't know how much you actually saw about on the TV, but he was there for a good 30 seconds, just stick right into the lines. The lines was just going, no, no, no. And the stuff lighters and that raining down on him. Uh, um, and, of course, of course, we, we sit relatively close to the way fans. I'm, I'm the, the, the signage yard in the rear. Of course, ball gets whipped in, hits the back of the net, and st- instead of having to go celebrate, yeah, it's my fucking goal. The first thing they just run fast says, fuck you, you fucking animal. <laughs> you know, take that. <laughs> fucking like that one. Um, so, but, but if you, but I actually watched Tav straight after the goal, ran across, celebrated the um, with Balogun, and then ran up the uh, ran up the, the touchline doing that to the fans. Yes, that's fucking that's that's how you fucking get them back. Um, but no, it was a it was a it was a well taken well taken header. From where I was sitting, it looks like he's horizontal as he as he powers the header in. It was it was, it was a fantastic goal. It's his first one for the club as well. See where you sit there? See where you sit up? The Sandy A couple of rows in front of you, right? I don't know if the guy was there. This guy wears glasses, an older boy. And he used to spend his time just waving to the away support, (laughs) right? So Rangers are playing Hibs. And he's like, he's waving them all, right? The game's going on. He's waving. And he's eating a pie at the same time, right? (laughs) So then the next minute, he's eating his pie and then he stops waving and goes like that. <laughs> it just started. <laughs> it was the only time it stopped to like his final. He finished his pie for a bit. Like, mm. Oh dear! You're missing the game here, man. Just for ninety minutes, just sitting. <laughs> I was like, there's a guy who sits in front of me. There's a guy who sits in front of me. And every time he walks up, he's always he's always about two or three minutes late for kickoff, and he sort of shuffles himself along and plonks himself down. And as he goes to sit down. He pulls this bottle of Oasis from his black pocket and it always says, it's always like the orange or, orange Oasis. It's clearly Buckfast or something. Like that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You've got, you've, got to, you've got to admire the guy's commitment to being staunch though, that he still buys the orange Oasis regardless of what liquid oh, yeah. puts in that bottle. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It's right there. Buzz, an assist for you to have, mate, is what is wonderful to see because... I don't think him or Borna have contributed enough in that department this year. And again, maybe it's because we're spoiled uh, with their stats over the years that they've been at the club now. But um, wonderful to see Tav. And again, improve as the game went on. And hopefully we start to see Tav getting back to his, his uh, blistering I mean, best. You know, I mean, I mean, 
he, he was playing at such a high level last season. I think he still got five for the in all competitions this season. Five assists. Obviously, the numbers last season, you know, that he was getting assists, he was getting goals. Aye. I mean, he scored, he scored a couple of decent goals as well this season. And I'm pretty sure, like I said, it's, it's, been, a full te- it's been a full team thing. Now, I said this on the group chat earlier. That game last night was definitely us stating up a level. However, as, as a team, I still feel there's individually, there's so much meant to give. And hopefully this is now the catalyst where we can go on and start playing at the level that we all know that we can play it. But aye, it was a tremendous ball in the box and Balogun timed it. Uh, he, actually, he actually mistimed his run a wee bit because he, he stopped for a second in front of the defender and he was just too big and too strong for the defender to actually do anything about it. You know, the ball came in, he, he jumped, he, he'd actually taken the momentum with his run a wee bit because he stopped and he made good contact. But aye, it was a, it was a great ball in. And it, that was karma. That's what you get for throwing things, you dicks. Aye. And the thing is, I always thought Denmark were brand new. I thought the Danish were all sound. Who the fuck are they playing it? That's the thing I was trying to figure out last time. People kept saying that. was the Gallagher end. People kept going, what a great support the veteran brought that. What a great support. I'm like, well, they threw lighters at our players, injured a photographer, and tried to attack the fans. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm getting old, but my my, my idea of great support these days isn't really that. Don't you dare sing a naughty song. Yeah, well, when we <laughs> when we walked we, we walked into the stadium, you could you could hear them. Uh, and I I went and sat down, and the guy sat behind his camera. He, he said they said their fans are brand new. They've been singing and dancing since again here. He goes, the noise is great. Fair play to them. And I was sitting at the beginning of the match, like, oh yeah, they are. They're really loud. They're, they're you know, fair, they're bouncing around. They're enjoying themselves. Pretty much what we would do when we go abroad, and you know, we we try not to sing the, the home fans. And then they kind of, then they started lobbing things at the players. And then came half time, and they started. They were, Rip it, throwing flagpoles in. I mean, it's right where they were sitting. There was women and children. And you can see these videos on all the social media. Women and children are trying to back away, and the lobbing things are trying to mesh up, trying to get to the Rangers fans. And what happens? Police wade in, lift three Rangers fans for taunting them, and then turn their backs on all the Danish fans and all face the Rangers fans. And we were, fans, we were standing um, in the side of the jungle going, "What's going on? Who's who's the perpetrators now? Who's trying to get to the fans?" It's to be fair, they, were try- they were trying to get to us. To be fair, though, they might have missed a good bit of it because the polls were 10 minutes late. The players were nearly back out by the time the players got run to where they were supposed yeah. to go. And then they just got to the kind of east enclosure bit and then broke into a light jog, the polis. And you're like, it happened like 10 minutes ago, <clears> lads. Where were you then? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've just, you just know- seen it now and just thought, oh, we better just there we jog now and make sure we're looking over. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and diss the police or anything like that because that's that's not my. That's not my. Yes, Apple. What 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 really quite really surprised me about the whole thing and this is an obs- this is an observation. And I'm sure a lot of people who were about me and probably people in the, in the stadium will have noticed as well that when it all kicked off and the and the, the police came round and jogged jogged the way round and made the way upstairs to form a barrier facing the Rangers fans to stay stop it stop stop annoying them whilst all behind them is cars kicking off with the Danish fans trying to rip the mesh up to try and get across to the Rangers fans is the only people between the Rangers the Rangers fans the police was the low paid or you know on, on minimum wage stewards volunteer stewards who are who are actually facing the Danish fans so the police were behind the, 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 the stewards. So it was, a, it was a stadium stewards who were left to face up to this mob trying to rip the thing, seats up and that to get the Rangers fans. I was just like, I, I was, I was, 
even now I think about it, I'm thinking, I don't understand the rationale behind that. I don't understand. What, surely what you do is you try and confront and stop it. I mean, to be, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, there was one policeman who actually got his bat out and was waving it down and tried to smack, uh, there's a try to lob a flagpole. He's hitting this flagpole down off of the Danish guy's hands. What you do is you get in, you just circle around and get in and get him out. Because even because even though Danish fans are sort of backing away from this, there's about six or seven of them who are trying to. Kind brought a knife to a gunfight there, didn't he? Well, yeah, but there was, there, was about, there, was, there was about six or seven of them who were trying to try to create trouble. Now a lot of Danish fans are backing away and trying to sort of pull them back. So I mean, I don't. It was, it was a kind of weird situation. I've never I've never seen anything like a football ground, and I've been going for an awful long time, as you know, since 1974. Um, so. It was. I'm not going to start pointing fingers or anything. Who started it? Because uh, 1974 is when you started this fucking story, Paul. I probably <laughs> I. I don't try to be pedantic or anything, but see if they're on minimum wage, but they're probably the volunteers. <laughs> you know what I mean. You know they 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 volunteer to go to that particular match that particular night. Are you available? I when you go then. That's that's, well, that's, that's like me volunteering to quit my work on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shut up! <laughs> do, you know, do you know something? I'll tell you what, Scott. I mean, it's lovely to see the Simster back, but by fuck, he's pedantic. That's why we love him. <laughs> I don't know about that, guys. Uh, Thirty minutes it took us to get well, we're, we're setting goal, and that was the the buff of VAR the people. Um, and yes, Sammy, you take credit for that one, mate, on Twitter, to be fair to you. Um, VAR the people. And ball comes into the box. Alfredo Morelos headers it. Good save by the goalkeeper, as Baz has said. The goalkeeper made some decent saves all night. And that wasn't really missing sitters, etc. Uh, and then Kemal Roof is there to, to finish the, the rebound. A tap-in, basically, which Gerard said himself we don't score enough of. And I would agree with that. It's got to be the perfect goal. It can't be scrappy for us. Um Kamar Roof being the predator that he is in the box, uh, obviously gets his two up. For that goal, for me, there was a wee bit of confusion in the stadium as to whether the ball had crossed the line, obviously up our end, the opposite end of the ground, or whether it was the offside. And then it came on the screen that it was they were checking the offside. Mike McCurry messaged me inside the stadium and said that, as we know now, the defender's foot was was playing the, the ball on. And I think uh, playing Kamar Roof on... Now, I think it's another case of, had this not been Rangers, it would have been pretty much clear-cut in every corner of Scotland that it was a goal. However, when it's us, that's not a goal. He's offside. His hand is offside, I've heard people say. Well, you can't score with your hands, you can't be offside with it. Um, you know, things like that. It's part of your body that you can score from, and you can score with, sorry. Um, so, I again, Timmy, like you said, mate, with the, with the whole thing with Potis, uh, with his red card a while back, that that's never even a question whether it's a sender off. Well, last night was never even a question whether it was a goal or not. It was a clear goal. I, I don't understand. It's like, well, we understand that. I know it's just to kind of create controversy and create uh, clickbait hits and stuff like that. But you're watching it and you're like, like the Portis thing. Well, the evidence is clear. <laughs> it's a clear red card. Why is there a debate here? And obviously, right, that was a tight decision. But the evidence proved it was onside. So why is there still a discussion? It's like, People are basically turning and saying, right, I know the rules are what they are. I imagine the rules were something different. Then if the rules were different, he's offside. I totally. It, that's like the, rules, the rules say he's offside. I, I know the rules are saying he's onside, but I'm saying if the rules were different, it'd be offside when we're a goal. And then Vader Paul got beat 2-1. Right, but 
the, the, the rules state he was on side. I know that. I'm just saying <laughs> if the rules were different, it'd be offside. I don't know how you're not getting this. I don't think anyone's not getting this. Take off the green specs for a minute and then try it. Clear goal. Kamar Roof, again, they're putting the ball in the back of the net. Top goal scorer this season, Baz predicted he would be the top goal scorer in the league, I believe. You predicted, mate. And he's certainly flipping on course um, and, and, and doing that. If he can stay fit, I don't see... Maybe Morelos could challenge him, but I don't see many other people who could challenge him, to be honest with you. Just speak quickly because you're talking about the fact it's a tap in, but it's gone enough of them. Almost a year to the day, he scored that absolute wonder goal. Worldy. Mm. You know. Aye. The guy which, could do it all. Which, where is the thing? I don't, I don't know, know, so I'll put it, I'll put it on the screen, Mike, because I don't know. Which, by the way, we gave him, we gave him, this is nudity, nudity. We gave him goal of the season and Kamar Roof's done in there in the buff with a towel running about him. I had to chop that bottom bit off. <laughs> Can, can you see me now? <laughs> <laughs> can you see us now? <laughs> there he is. Uh, goal of the season. We never really kicked on for that in terms of attacking sense and went and really punished them, which like we should have. You know, we hit the bar with Scotty Arfield when he came on. We should have had a penalty with Joe Aribo. Again, oh. the, the bad side of VAR, if you like. That was a clear penalty. Um, the good side was seen. The, ref- the linesman couldn't really see Roof in an onside position, called it as he's seen it and called it offside. Varkler's it up. The penalty, the linesman, the referee can't really see it, but there should be a video assistant referee sitting in a wee office somewhere going, actually, by the way, that's a penalty kick. I've watched it again. You don't even need to look at it, referee. It's a stonewall penalty. Baz, that's the frustrating thing with VAR. It's inconsistent you know, still. It is inconsistent, but see that penalty, I don't even think it should have. VAR shouldn't even have had any no. input whatsoever. It was clear as day. It was a penalty. And Fran, is it Fran Jovic, the Croatian uh, referee, these referees played refereeing European football supposed to be the cream of the crop. And well, well, like fucking Colin would have seen that was a penalty. You know what I mean? And he's, he's one of the worst in the world. Uh, so this guy supposed to be the, the top of his game really should have seen that. It was a penalty for everybody to see. So Vars really shouldn't have had anything to do with it whatsoever. I just thankfully the thankfully the game was put to bed by that point. You know what I mean? But if it yeah. was if it were if it was you know if it were drawing or tying or whatever, then it would have been obviously a, a big issue. It's that way, it's like um, I, I know uh down south Val's been an absolute nightmare half the time. Although the things people are moaning about it's usually Val's got the decision right. It's just been really, really tight uh, calls have made. <clears throat> uh if it's right, it's right, we can do. And but last night I'm like, what's the point of VAR if it's missing something so blatant as that? I don't. I, that's yeah. what I don't get. I mean, obviously with the the goal that went in our favour, tight onside decision goes to VAR, decisions made. That's a clear. It's just saying that that's a clear penalty. It shouldn't even have went as far as VAR. But who's no picking that up? Who's no saying hold on a minute? Actually, I should well, point, that because if it's the clear point as is day. the point is Simi, is a clear and obvious error. VAR then yeah. comes in. That is as clear and, ov- and obvious as an, uh, an error as you will, you will see this season in European and domestic football. So I don't understand, as you say, I don't understand why when it's missed, which it shouldn't have been on the night by the referees and the assistants, but when it is missed, why VAR doesn't come into that? As Baz says, thank God that the game was out of sight and Rangers get the points. But, you know, if we're relying on that penalty and you don't get it, that's where managers become frustrated and get sent off and things like that. Do you know what I mean? Because... It's a total blatant error. You know what I mean? It's so obvious, it's unreal. 
Yeah, it's, it, was a clear, it was a clear and obvious error. That's the, that's, the, that's the rules, that's what it states. It'll only be used if it's a clear and obvious error from the referee, and that was a clear and obvious error. He didn't see it, or he just he just called it wrong. So VAR should step in. I'm beginning to wonder if the VAR referee dipped the loo or something. Aye, I think he did. The VAR referee was Paul Van Beckel. And then he, he had an assistant, though. Maybe they went to the toilet together. Yeah, uh, but Crazy Dutch bastards. Chuck him cam free, he, he went so aye. Smoking a pancake. <laughs> I mean, you, you got to remember as well, we've been into this game a player who's suspended because of a poor refereeing decision for the previous Correct, game. Mate. Do you know what I mean? So they, they seem to be adding up. Yep. Mike, Mike McCurry uh, also said, as we expect, clear penalty kick. Um, and he didn't even need to see the replay. He said he's seen it in the real time, which is a threat to myself. <laughs> Paul, I know you were a wee bit further away from it than me. But, but where I was sitting, it looked at it in real time, and obviously we don't get to see that till we come home. But mm. I didn't need to see it, to be quite honest with you. It was a clear penalty. We didn't get it. Hopefully, we'll get it elsewhere in the tournament later on. But it's fine. I closed my left eye, which is which is near sight, and I could see with my super duper right eye for long vision. I could, I could see a mile away. That's what, that's what happens when the play goes to the end of the pitch. I just close my left eye, and I can see much better. And it's, it's, I've got no depth perception, but I can still see better. <laughs> Would you say that? Would you say that? I've got any idea. I've no idea what he's on about, man. <laughs> oh, wait, oh yeah, sorry. You 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 missed the podcast when I, when I made an admission. I, I felt sick for most of the morning, and I, I only felt at least I'd taken my contacts out the day before to give my eyes a rest. And, uh, and my left eye is for, for re- different prescriptions. My left eye is for, for essentially for close up reading. My right eye is for long distance. Um, for long distance. And uh, I, I felt sick the next morning. I put my contacts in for a couple of hours. So, so I, I closed my left eye. I thought. I can't fucking see anything properly. I closed my right eye. I couldn't see anything either. I realised I've transposed my contacts, put them backwards. I made myself all woozy and sick for most of the day. So basically, we're saying is we've got a sailor there who has uh, vision problems and gets seasick at his desk. Yeah. <laughs> Paul, that's seasick. <laughs> seasick, Paul. Seasick, Paul. <laughs> uh, three points in the bag. The, the other result in the group kind of went in our favour which we didn't think it would at one point. Oh, Leon, no. Leon came back. Uh, that probably was the best result for Rangers, to be fair. We need to go to Denmark now, replicate that performance in victory, in the words of the manager, uh, and, and come back to Ibrox against Prague in match day five, in which Ibrox should be absolutely rocking for two reasons. Because the team will need us, hopefully after a victory in Denmark, to, to basically get them out of line here and get another three points and get put qualification for the next round in our, in our own hands and then also to frighten the shite out of the bastards right because they deserve a hostile reception when they come oh, they're gonna, oh they're going to get one they, they very very much so Do you I think that guy's going to that guy, guy yeah. Basman's going to wave more aggressively aye exactly <laughs> It's going to be like that, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by all accounts, there was bananas running down the pitch last night from their fans. I saw a couple of reports on social media about that. That's just something. That's just uh, unforgivable. Shocking. Shocking. This weekend sees his return to... In fact, before we go to this weekend, I said this in the Wednesday pod, but it was it was in the network, so I'm going to say it on this live... Well, not live, but this pod that's going on YouTube. Robin Wasp, watcher of the podcast, viewer of the podcast... Who Simi knows, Paul knows, I think Baz, you know him as well. Um, he came to the game last Saturday against Hearts looking to get a ticket. I had a ticket in my wallet. I met Paul, says to Paul, tell him I've got a ticket if he wants it. And he was very, very kind. 
to send me a bottle of gin in the post as a thank you, which you didn't have to do. So thank you, mate, for that. I appreciate it. In case Donut. you didn't speak. Donut. <laughs> Donut. 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 As a thank you, a wee thank you there. And mate, if you didn't see the, the pod the other night, um, I just want to thank you for that. Um, and you're a lovely human being. Domestic action returns. We go back to Paisley uh, to face St Mirren, who are on a bit of an upturn, shall we say, in the last few weeks. What's that? Is that two or three victories now on the spin for our opponents? Um, I started off this year with a, a draw at Dundee, then two defeats to Hearts and Celtic, three uh, draws, St Johnston, Dundee United and Hibs, and then the last three wins, Aberdeen, Livingston, in Ross County, two of them being away from home, which is interesting. We go there, need to try and rectify what happened last Saturday and get the points in the bag. Um, aye, Paul, your thoughts ahead of this one on Sunday? Got to be a tricky game, mate, especially off the back of a European tie, but yeah, one that we can one that we can win. We've got enough depth in the squad there to do it. Yeah, we 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 we, we should we should win the match uh, going by the strength and depth of the squad and the players that we have. That said, we expected to do that in the League Cup semi-final last year, and that did not exactly happen. So, um, I think that the warning signs are there um, for the players not not to be complacent. They have to go in with the right mindset, the right attitude, uh, and and hopefully the towel take care of itself. Um, but as you say, St Mirren are a really good run of form just now. I mean, that's a, that's a couple of tricky, tricky away games. Um, and they've done really well, especially Levy away. That's a, that was a very impressive result to, to go there and win. Um, no matter who you are, um, it's Rangers, Celtic, that doesn't matter. Levy's a very tough place to go and take all three points. So no, I'm not going to say they're no mugs. They've played really well. Um, they're not to be taken lightly. Um, however, I fully expect us to go there, be extremely professional um, and continue on. Um, the, the good run of form that we run in many respects the way we've been playing uh, like the second half against Hibs the first half against Hearts and the match from last night it all builds and breeds confidence so if they continue that in we should be we should be okay um, I'm not expecting a ticket score but at the same time I'm expecting us to uh, to do the business Depending semi on results elsewhere St Mirren could if they defeat us could possibly go level with Celtic on f- in fourth place so there's an incentive there for them to jump a couple of spaces obviously dependent on other results we have Motherwell uh, above them and obviously uh, Celtic as well in there um, don't know where Baz has went but he's dropped out <laughs> um, so how do you see it going on Sunday mate because we know through the League Cup semi-final as Paul says that are the quarter-final winter was it the quarter-finals quarter I do apologise yeah um, we know for we know for that last year that they they are a stuffy team. You know they've got McGrath and things like that who players who've caused us some problems in the past. Uh, Brophy, another one caused us problems when he was at Kilmarnock. Oh, so yeah, the Warrensteins yeah. are there. We should know um, what to expect, but we should have enough in the tank, man. We should have enough in the tank, but it's a a tricky team. That's a problem, and like on paper, it shouldn't be much a competition. But unfortunately, that's how these things work out, and it's teams like this. Other ones literally trip us up, unfortunately. So, away game as well. I think uh, building momentum for Thursday. Don't take them lightly and play St Mirren just like we would any, like, like the way we had to approach Bronby. Treat them with respect. Yeah. Yep. We'll beat them. Show them their respect and we'll punish for it. Yeah. Well, mate, you look at their stats so far, just the league only this is, but they've conceded 16 goals this season in nine games and scored 12. 
So they did have a goal threat going forward. That's the thing. Twelve goals for St. Mirren so far. Isn't it too isn't it too shabby when you think about it? I mean, how many we we've only scored fifteen ourselves. Hmm. So you know that that's that's pretty pretty decent for St. Mirren. So they've got a goal threat there, but it shows they're also vulnerable at the back. And if we can get the Buffalo firing and get that hundredth goal if selected, um then I think we should be okay. I think Buffalo is destined to score his 100th goal for Rangers against Aberdeen next Wednesday at Ibrox because I just think he loves scoring against Aberdeen. He's not a fan of Aberdeen. He's made that clear in how he plays against them. And I think he would relish that. But I hope he gets 100 on Sunday and 103, 4 or 5, whatever it is, against Aberdeen. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, in terms of us, Paul, how do you see us lining up? See... Gerard making changes, Aberdeen game in, in mind on Wednesday night, come back off Thursday night. Um, Sammy's in between. I think he'll make a couple of changes there, but I think he'll have learned for the League Cup quarterfinal that he can't make too many. I don't think he'll make many changes at all. I think he'll make one enforced one, and that'll be Balligan out and play with Bassey. Yeah. And centre back. Apart from that, I can't see there being too many changes from the team that played that night. Although, I think we may lose uh, Davis. Uh, he'll drop back to bench and then uh, Camaro will come back in. Yeah. That's, that's what will happen. Yeah. Baz is back. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's back. Shit. I'm doing he's the like... Mojnik on here. I'm having, a, I'm having Wi-Fi issues, so I had to, had to go to the phone. We're all used to this whole studio hang mate, aren't we? All these uh, issues. Aye, that's where I used to. Sorry, me. sorry to interrupt the flow there, gentlemen. Oh, sorry, right, mate. We're just we're just talking about St. Mirren. What do you expect ahead of St. Mirren on Sunday? Jim, I mean, you've probably already said all this while I was away, but uh, Jim Goodwin's got them playing pretty decent football now. They've no lost a game since August, I think, since Celtic battered them. I think you said, uh, you know, they've drew with St. Joyce and Hibs and Dundee United. They're obviously the top, top two top six teams there. Uh, and of you know Aberdeen, Livingston, and Ross County, so they're playing pretty well. I mean, I think they set up like a, I think they've been setting up at the same formation, like a three-four-two-one, and I expect them to do the same. The the team's been pretty consistent, you know, with who they've been playing. Annie Ken goals, obviously the old Rangers uh, goalkeeper, McCarthy, uh, Shaughnessy, and Fraser at the back, Tate, Power, uh, Tanzer in the midfield, Ronan McGrath, and uh, a, a Brophy up front. No, I think Brophy's only got about three or four goals this season. In fact, I think the captain, that boy, uh, Shawnee sees, I think, the joint top goal scorer with three goals. So I expect that that lineup to be the same. However, yeah. I've only I've only fucking picked ten players. I've only ten, maybe they're, they're, they're only ten players. That's all right, mate. St. Mon midfielder. Ryan Flynn, get your gear on, son. You're playing. <laughs> Ryan Flynn in the midfield. There you go. There's your 11th player. Get your gear on. Uh, so I expect him to. I expect him to have a similar lineup as I've been sort of fielding through the, you know, the, the first half of the season, the, the start of the season. I don't really expect him to change anything in terms of formation or starting 11. I expect us to win. I expect us to win comfortably. I expect us to have a clean sheet. And I expect Alfredo Morelos to score his 100th goal and we can get all these animals and fucking petting zoo off his back. Stocks and fucking whatever it is, all these things. So, I I don't know what you covered, by the way. So, I just... (laughs) Hopefully there's something there. That's all right, mate. They have one home win this season. 
Um, and that was the last game against, uh, no, sorry, the last home game was against Aberdeen, 26th of September. And that was their last home win and their only home win of the season. So, listen, we go there, it's all there for us. Get the three points, get back and stay top of the league, which is big for us. And then kick on to Aberdeen. And we know our rivals, Celtic are away to Hibs. So that's two mm. teams who are run about us. I say run about us, they're kind of doing below us, kind of well done below us, but that's two that uh, will play against each other. So something has to give there either way. And we can hopefully stretch that lead at the top. Prediction, Paul, for Sunday, just to finish us up. 3 0 to us. 3 0. Sammy? 3 1 to us. Baz? 2-0 Rangers. I think I'm siding with Simi in this one. I think I'll go 3-1 to the champions. Hopefully, that's enough. Or hopefully a win of any kind. It doesn't matter what it is, but hopefully it's enough that we do enough on Sunday to get us the win and we stay top of the table. Thank you very much to everybody for joining us. We will be back in usual circumstances next week with two live shows. We're hopeful one, hopefully, well, definitely will be Thursday. Hopefully one on Monday. And to look over the St Mirren game and look ahead to Aberdeen on the Wednesday night. And then we'll be back Thursday, definitely live, reviewing the Aberdeen game and looking ahead to the weekend's action next week. Thanks to Paul Seas for joining us, mate. Enjoy your night out tonight. And the same to yourself, buddy. Thank you, mate. Uh, thanks to Baz Browski. It's wonderful having you back, mate, and hearing your voice back on the podcast again. Always a pleasure. Oh, thank you. And the Thanks same... so much for having us on and I hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. Yes, and the same to the Simcoe down there in that corner. Uh, thanks very much, mate. It's always a pleasure having you on the podcast. Indeed, mate. Always good to be here. And everybody who's watching it, enjoy the game of the weekend. Hopefully, hopefully, he's just been that guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hopefully, uh, we've got a Rangers win to cheer about. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag keep the battle fever on. When I was a young boy, my father said to me, Put this scarf around your neck and sing the blues with me. And now I am much older, there's a place I wanna be. It's red for said it's beautiful, it's steeped in history. And I know what I'll find when the place comes alive. I got that battle fever coming over me. And I got butterflies and hurricanes shaking my body. Battle fever coming over me. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.